Well, not gonna catch the best place to cheer your friends. Get your game, your goodness, each and every Monday. My name's Owen Blind. Joining me on the couch this week, Ashley Hodley. Hey, Joe, I'm excited to be here, but let me tell you, the post packs hangover, it's rough. <laughs> How much home drinking are you doing over there? Not enough to make the pain go away. <laughs> Fucking hell. Also, here, Kira Marchant. It was really weird last night when I was like half asleep at 3 a.m. and Ashley was like trying to get into my room. Like, he kept trying to put a card in my door. First problem, my my door doesn't have a card. Sharon, that wasn't me. (laughs) Someone was trying to break into your house. Oh. Why do you have a card reader? Which Shepperton? Well, I don't. I don't. There was just somebody trying to put a card in the door. Yeah. That is definitely. A drunk person. That's not actually. <laughs> he lives in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> Probably couldn't get into Shepparton right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, uh, Shepparton's no longer in lockdown. We're fine. Could he fly into Melbourne though? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> he could smuggle himself in. Ashley's yeah. got his ways. Yeah. Um, so then the show, there's actually a whole bunch of news to go over. So we'll be talking about the recently announced GTA trilogy thing, the Twitch hack, of course, Australian Game Developer Awards got announced, Resident Evil movie trailers out, bunch of Nintendo news, including, of course, the most recent reveal of, uh, the last Smash Bros. fighter, uh, impressions on Battlefield 2042 beta, Far Cry 6, Back for Blood, and bunch of other stuff. Uh, but firstly, let's get the packs. PSA out of the way. So if you caught this, uh, we didn't announce it last week because we wasn't sure of the exact details at the time. Like, so it didn't really, unfortunately, advertise it because I wasn't sure what to tell you. So um, hopefully you saw it on our socials. If not, here's what happened. Uh, PAX, uh, PAX and Audio Technica teamed up and they put out a uh, PAX Radio Discord channel because PAX is basically all run through Discord, Discord and Twitch this year. You're at, well, the combination between the two. That's how it's happening, kind of like they did last year. Um, and they had a channel dedicated up in there where a um, bunch of Australian podcasters got invited to record podcasts like we usually would at the Audio Technica booth at PAX, which we did years ago for several years in a row when we actually went to PAX when that was a thing. Um, so we recorded an episode of RK Couch. It was on at like, was it three o'clock Friday? I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, three o'clock. Three o'clock yeah. on for a high. Three day. o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight Time. That's the one. It would have been two o'clock for Ash then. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, and if you caught it, it's the three of us talking about our. His podcast history, I guess, is what I can't remember what I exactly titled it as something like that. Um, because coming up early next year will be five years of podcasting, um, between us all here at Explosion Network. So, kind of did that a little bit early because it just made sense for a good sort of evergreen podcast topic for, for that. So, um, and a good place to fit that in as a bonus episode, but. If you missed it, I think maybe they're going to make them available somewhere somehow and repeat. I'm not sure what the details is, so maybe keep your eye out for that. But also, we had to sort of fit within a 60-minute time frame. But when we recorded, we recorded for about 90 to 100 minutes total. So I had to edit out like 30, 40 minutes of stuff we talked about, including a couple of people's questions, answers to stuff. I had to shorten some answers to stuff. Uh, but we will be putting out... Because it's the hot topic word for this year. And now all things video games. Look forward to the director's cut. 
of that <gasps> Pax Radio podcast later this year. I'll put that out. So keep your eyes if you missed it and you want to catch the full one. That will go up on the RK Couch feed a little bit later this year is when I'll be putting that one out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like these Thrusters Cup that gets announced, no re- release date initially. No re- release date. No. And even if I know a rough idea of when I could tell you it's coming out, I'm not telling you because that's how you do release dates. You announce something, you tease it, and then you got to do another... Then we announce a date for it, but then we have to release a yellow background piece of writing delaying yeah. it to the actual date. That yes, which we could do, but I don't want to. So that's the thing. That's PAX. Um, I hope if you've been partaking and watching PAX stuff and the, the PAX radio, if you caught that stuff, I hope you've all enjoyed that because obviously that's finished up now because this is coming out Monday. But um, yeah, I've had Twitch open the background today. Um, had the radio thing open. Um, oh yeah, Dylan, didn't you appear in another show during that? I was also on Radio Watson. Yes, (gasps) Um, which I I don't know what Buddy's plans are, so I'm not sure how to advertise that. I presume Buddy's going to post that episode on the podcast feed. Just tweet at Buddy Watson 12. Did you have to think about where's the episode? (laughs) Um, And it was me, Brendan White from The Hungry Gamers and Ryan Betson from Pop Culturist and of course Buddy radio what's on um we're talking about our what we miss from pax that's what that one is so two sort of pax evergreeny things i was on so look forward to those all right let's get into the main topic for the week which is just going to be my overall impressions plus an excuse to show the video viewers switch oled because the switch oled has come out now, I'm going to reach to the side where you may have noticed it's sitting just out of frame. Video viewer. <gasps> it's just out of frame. Big reveal. Big reveal. Drum roll. Drum roll drum and you roll. may have noticed it was sitting very nicely thanks to the awesome new stand on the back of this. And it is a Ooh. good stand. I'll tell you what. It is not this flimsy plastic shit anymore. This bad <laughs> boy can stand up all on its own two legs. Got rid of the training wheels and all. Um, so, this isn't going to be too long because I've only... I haven't had time to put too much into it. I've probably put, um, probably played around with a few things. I've probably put 90 minutes to two hours, I guess, today over it. I put some time into Metroid Dread, and I've jumped into mm-hmm. a couple other games just to have a bit of a, a look here of how they looked. Um, and I had to, like, re-download all this shit anyways. You know, that was the first. Yeah, here's my question before. How difficult was it getting your stuff across? Um, so I kept my old switch. I was initially going to trade it in. I'm sure that would help. Yes, that does help. So initially I was going to trade it in, but then I'm like, I want to be able to actually compare it myself directly. And if I get rid of it, I won't be able to do that. So I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep it and I'll just probably sell that one off or trade it back in after the Just like boot up Pokemon Unite on both at the same time. Could do it. Yeah. I could boot up whatever I want, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I'll probably still trade that in because I don't really need to... It's not like it's a Switch Lite or something where it's like, oh, maybe no. I could keep that. But there's not really a reason that both. Um, but the transfer process was you open the pro- user profile thing on one. You go users, profile, something like that. And then you click like transfer. And then on the other system, you click target. And then it swaps stuff. Now, what it doesn't do... It still makes you re-download all the games. It just like say it transfers all your, your system settings and profile and um, makes you the 
Did you, you transfer your Animal Crossing save? Ah, uh, nah. <gasps> Probably not going to play that shit again, anyway, to be honest. <gasps> when the fuck am I going to go have time for Animal Crossing? Tell me that. Tell me that. Not gonna Any happen. day now, they're going to drop a massive content drop. They do them all the time at the moment. I just don't jump back in. Um, no, like a, a one you need to it'd be like Christmas Wonderland. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if I could still boot it up. Maybe. I don't, I don't know if I fucked myself now. It doesn't really matter, to, to be honest. That was the one thing. So <laughs> Animal Crossing still bullshit. So you have to download an app for that. From You have to download a literal Animal Crossing save transfer app through the store to be able to transfer that. You can't just back up your save file. Whereas the rest of your save files for Nintendo, you can just do cloud backup and then um, it automatically syncs those saves on the new system. Like I've, I haven't had to manually go save file download. It's already just pulled them all for me knowing that it's the fresh system. So that's been good. Um, but of course, the main thing, for people who don't know, I guess, rundown of what the difference is with the new Switch. A, the screen is a lot bigger. Um, it is noticeably bigger, especially... I don't know if I can sort of... If that for audio, this is he's holding up... I'm holding two, up uh, both switches for the consoles. camera. Maybe it's hard to there tell. There is not much as much of a bevel on the newer model. Whereas I think it's like a, I think it's like 0. 0.7 inches or something around that difference, which is like it's nearly a full inch, which is quite a lot for a small like handheld. Like it's mm, it, it that extra inch really helps. It does. That's what the ladies say. Um, they <laughs> <laughs> you left it wide open. Um, wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the screen is obviously quite bigger. And then the main thing is that it is an OLED display now. Um, and that is very noticeable. The OLED is, and there's still a bunch of stuff I want to jump into to have a, a big difference at. But I mean, if you've ever, if you've ever seen an OLED TV before, if you've ever used the Vita, like if you've ever had, like, if you've ever gamed on something with an OLED display, it is sort of night and day. OLED is very pretty. So in something for example, if we're talking about Metro Dread, which is the thing I've played the most of, it is like a side-scrolling game, 2.5D or whatever at times, or mostly a side-scrolling game. Um, and you may be like, well, how much difference could that make? But there are times where it's very dark and Samus has this like glow on her like chest armor or whatever. And that really stands out like very like a lot more noticeable. It's like the slightest colored details that you can notice, not to mention just how much better overall the 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 background foreground images appear as like in these sequences when Samus is sort of running across the screen. So the screen looks really good. I mean, even when you boot up the system for the first time and you just sort of see the the Nintendo logo and everything pop up, even then my brain my brain goes, "Oh, this looks so much like brighter and more vibrant than what I'm used to on the current um, Nintendo Switch screen." So um, I there's I want to really. So I was googling the other day to see if anyone had put together an article from the people who got early access. And a couple of websites had, you know, like here are the games that we think look the best on the OLED screen. And one that came up in a lot of the lists was Luigi's Mansion. I was like, oh yes, I need to give that a go. Because they were pointing out how there's lots, lots of like, you know, dark sequences in that where you're running around and um, Luigi's just using his flashlight and how much better that looks in comparison to the to the base model. So that's definitely something I want to jump on to go back to, might be an excuse for me to go back and actually finish Luigi's Mansion. So, um, other thing is, it I will say, even though I've jumped back into just using headphones, the audio, which was the other one of the other points where they're like, the speakers are so much better. They are noticeably better, 
but they're not like it's still just a handheld system speaker. Like it definitely sounds. What's the word? Uh, ten, tinny. Better. Tinner. Crisper, less tinny is what yeah. I was going. Like it doesn't sound. Yeah, like it's coming out of a cheap sort of. The, it doesn't sound as cheap uh, as the the base system is, but it still is definitely a handheld. And I I put the Bluetooth headphones in now because that's a thing we can do now. So, <laughs> um, and that <laughs> uh, you definitely get a much better audio that way. Um, I think the other thing that's I've noticed is, and it, the Joy Cons seem to fit like they feel firmer. They lock in firmer on the side than the base unit where they the, that has that slight little bit of wobble or wiggle to them. Give, yeah. um, and that's even with like the the ones on my old Switch, these purple and orange one. Um, they're the newer ones. Like I only got those under 12 months ago and they still do it. So it's never been about, oh, yes, Joy-Cons yeah. are fucked. It's just the actual Switch system. They don't seem to hold them too well. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing I was pointing out at the start, of course, the stand, no joke, this is like it's hard to say when you're looking at it, but this has a lot of like this will stand up very well now. And to some people, that's like who cares? But to people who do like to travel and but, use that stand to prop it up and play, especially with a pro controller or something like that, that is a huge now, feature. Now you feel like going on rooftops and playing playing with friends yeah, during exactly. a thunderstorm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe go do what we go do. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> gamers got a game. Gamers, it's right now. Gamers do have to go. Um, <laughs> I think that's about it. I mean, it's it is for, for me. I'm very happy with my purchase because it's exactly what I wanted out of it. I I think from everything I've jumped. So I jumped into Cuphead. Looks really really good. Bright colors, stuff like that. Um, I even jumped into booted up the SNES or the online library thing or whatever, and jumped into like Donkey Kong Country and that. Um, even stuff like that. The anything with like colors. Like it comes down less to it doesn't need HD graphics. It's just your even the older games. If it has vibrant colors and whatever else, you're gonna sort of get effect out of it. So it's 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 good how well upgrading to an OLED is for Nintendo because their art style in all their games just sort of means that they'll get a lot of use out of upgrading to the OLED display. And I would say also from all the the just general online reaction and reviews. I don't know if anyone else was like seen anyone else's or listened to anyone else's thoughts and stuff. I know a lot of people who were like, you know, like surely it can't look that much better. And I've seen a lot of people be like, you know what? Now that I've played one, had it in my hands, it really is undoubtable. You can't deny how much better this thing looks than the, the base model. So there's a lot of like, you know, naysayers or iffy people out there who are now like, I've used one and I can't I can't go back. Like it is also in a weird position now where I'm probably less likely to want to play my Switch docked anymore simply because the problem with playing the Switch docked if you have a 4K TV, especially a bigger TV, is it often sort of just because it stretches that, you know, it just it makes it sort of look worse. It just doesn't doesn't look quite right. Like no. it just looks a bit off. Yeah, but I would still do it because like I didn't love playing my Switch handheld because I always felt like it was just the screen was like that tiny bit too small or something. Whereas now I honestly feel like it's this is the perfect this is this feels like the perfect size now. And because this it's an OLED screen, I'm like, why would I not play most things that that maybe there's a rare occasion where I want to play it on my TV. But now I'm like, it's just a handheld again. <laughs> like I'm just back to the Switch being a handheld instead of uh, playing it docked. Oh, dock. So. 
dock. Ooh, dock looks nice and white. Looks nice. It does look very nice and white. There are some slight um, changes that are worth pointing out. So on the back, the it completely comes off now. You don't have to lift the... Uh, on the original, you could slide it back or whatever. It opened up to let you get the cables in there. Now you can lift it fully off. So you, if you're someone who you know, fucks around, changes cables a lot like I used to on sometimes. I used to get really annoyed because it was sort of fiddly. You can pop that full thing off. That's good now. The other thing that's in here, of course, which was one of the other selling points is you do have an Ethernet port now. So you can plug it directly in. That means online gaming, which is sort of more prevalent now because of games like Pokemon Unite and whatever else Nintendo's pushing. This is going to be a um, big feature set. The console itself also seems to dock in here a lot cleaner. And nicer. I don't, it honestly sort of looks the same, but it doesn't feel as scary as putting it into the other one. Like it looks exactly the same, but it just doesn't feel like it's, it just feels like it's slightest difference. I don't know, in like maybe the size or the way it's going in or, or something. Like it just, it seems to click into place a lot nicer, especially if I go and I put it next to the original dock and I'm clicking them both in and out and going, well, this one seems a lot better. Um, and then the other thing that's quite interesting, and I, I didn't put it in the show notes as like a news story because I just thought I'd just chuck it out there as a random thing, which mm-hmm. was there was a story going around because I did mention this when we talked about the, the OLED when it was announced. Um, you can update the dock now. So if you go, even if you look on your current Switch model, your current one, not an OLED one, it will say update dock in options now under the latest firmware, but it will say o, like new Switch only or OLED model dock or whatever. Something like that. And there was a story going around this week where people are saying that, uh, you know, because the hardware's out there now and people are digging into it and, you know, cracking it and doing all the shit that they they do. People are saying that there is the potential now for the, the OLED to be, the dock at least, be updated in the future to enable for better hardware specifications potentially or something like that. So that's certainly something the last dock didn't do. You never had an option, option to update it. It was a very sort of cheap plasticky thing that sort of just did the job of hdmiing out from the console it mm. felt like plastic too the new one feels premium it doesn't feel cheap plastic it, it looks a lot nicer especially in the white which i'm quite happy i got the white one i'm very pleased with it i think it looks good um but yeah the, it, holding it in your hand which is something you just can't you know i can't really tell you exactly how that feels through audio but it does feel less like as kieran would say fisherware plastic shit which was the wii u fisher price plastic yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, um, yeah which is how the docks maybe not quite as bad as the wii u but the dock does certainly have that plasticky weightless feel to it the new dock does have a little bit more weight to it and it, it just looks a lot more premium um yeah that's the nintendo switch oled and i might as well get out of the way here and said we've got some stuff to talk about a little bit later game wise but just since i'm here um metroid dread quick sort of impressions of what of that I've played so far. So I've beat the first boss and got to like the second area or whatever. Um, it's very good. So I've never actually beat any of the 2D Metro games. I've dabbled in a bunch of them, like through backward hardware or whatever you want to call it. Never beat any of them. So I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm like a hardcore um, Metro fan who's beat all the games. I, like, I played the Prime games when um through, but people argue that they're not actually anywhere near as good and whatever else but neither here nor there i played a lot of metroidvanias though so i still feel like i've technically like i understand how a metroid game works because i've played all the games that's, that's been inspired by it um it's fun it's very good it's it's literally your, your sort of typical you know going forward getting an ability 
backtracking, using that new ability to go for a door that you couldn't be able to open before. Um, and when the Emmy, I think they call it Emmys, E.M.I.S or whatever, the, the robots that are stalking this facility were, where Samus is now sort of crashed underground, um, they are sort of scary when you, so they're not the whole game. So I'm like, I don't know if we've, when they, when they announced it and they're like, you're getting traced, it's called Dread, it's a fucking horror game, these things are chasing you. They are only in specific areas and they won't leave their specific areas. And you'll know when you enter one of the areas they're in because you pass through a certain door. Like you'll be like, that's a door to there, to an area that an Emmy is guarding. Um, and you may have to, in a certain level, like I just beat the first section or whatever, I often had to go backwards and forwards through that area to do different objectives as I was getting things on one over. Um, and the thing, it'll grab onto your scent pretty much straight away and you'll hear it stalking after you. You can't really hide from it, do anything. You just got to, you can't fight it, you run from it. Um, you sort of, if you're really fast, once it grabs you, you have like maybe a, I've never managed to do it once yet so far, but apparently you can, if you have perfect timing, counter it and get like sort of a escape. Otherwise it just insta kills you. There's not, nothing you can do about it. Um, you can, however, kill them eventually. So you, so it seems from what I take it, cause there's going to be one in each area of the game from what I understand. Um, you do eventually get like a power up for samus's like blaster which gives you like one shot you know to to go and kill the thing and wipe it out for that area or whatever which obviously feels good because like i've been running back on the forwards in this thing for an hour now and you finally get to blow its fucking head off and you're like fuck off dude hate you um yeah it's, it's really good it's a really good combination of exploration um it's really fast paced it looks really good it runs at a high frame rate so it feels really nice to play um there's like this cool thing where you can like sort of counter and then shoot, which I really appreciate. So if, if an enemy, like a bat or whatever, or some of even the bigger things, I'll do like a flash, like they're about to hit you. And if you perfectly time um, uh, Samus to like slash back, it'll perform like a parry, but then she insta aims where they are and you can press fire straight away and she'll shoot them or be begin shooting right where they are. So it's very fast paced when you're like running backwards and forwards and what you're doing. Um, the first boss fight was really cool. You, um, you're like sliding under it. And doing like a slow motion thing and like shooting off these weak points on it and all this like it's very action paced um but i'm i'm enjoying it a lot keen to finish it the only thing i worry about at the moment is getting distracted by something else that i have to review or whatever and then forgetting where the fuck yeah. i am and <laughs> not, yeah. not doing it but how much running away from things have you had to do so far only the only the emmy that's the only thing you have to run away from so which the other enemies you can kill why no, because obviously they're showing that trailer, so I meant so much running away from stuff. So. Well, I think there's like eight in the game. So, mm. I mean, you are running away. Like, I spent a fair bit of time running away, but I would say majority game, you're not running. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's not actually okay. a horror game or anything where you're... It's not Resident Evil 2 where you're being stalked across a police facility or something like that. Um, and even then the the set the area where the emmy's stalking most of the time you know what you've got to do or like say it's like you you're like you've got to activate a switch so you sort of have to like loop around the area to purposely draw it away to the top and then quickly try and jump back down so you can like pull the switch without it getting to you but you always know what you, you're trying to do and then even if it catches you, you you'll respawn like right across the door from where you entered anyway like it's not oh no now i have to redo all this shit so it's fine. All right, let's get into a couple of, well, two reviews. So I'll have one review 
Uh, and then there's one review we'll done this week as well. Uh, so my review is for Rainbow Billy the Cursed Little Viathan. Um, I'm not sure what score I'm giving it because I only wrote a review right before this and I haven't scored it yet, but probably around a 6.5 to a 7. I'm leaning more towards a 6.5. But so it's a, this is a 2.5D game that's very heavily inspired by like Paper Mario, very obviously. Um, and then also, I guess, if you haven't played that, there's got like elements of Undertale to it, I guess, with the, the system. So it's a game in which you play as Billy. Happy things are happening. The world's great. And then you have at the start of the game, rainbows. it's all rainbows. And then at the start of the game, this, uh, you have a, a fireworks festival or something. And then you awaken this uh, Leviathan under the sea and it comes up. Oh, no. Yep. And it's, I hate it when that happens. I do hate <laughs> when that happens also. And then it sucks up all the color from the world. Um, and Billy escapes. And then the, the Leviathan puts all the color of the world into three crystals or whatever and the the aim of the game is then obviously you gotta save the world you gotta get back these three crystals to put the color back into the world because not only has epic mickey yeah not only has the color disappeared but also it's drained the color from the people which now has made everyone like (gasps) depressed basically damn and i i don't even mean like as a joke i mean like literally everyone's now depressed that's sort of the main crux of the game you escape with one thing called your i can't remember his actual name rodrio or something it's a rod that you use to hit people with and to like traverse with it becomes a grapple hook right later in game and stuff and then you also have your boat which you travel on around the world which is called friend ship friend ship the boat (laughs) um so the the basic i I see what they've done yeah the gameplay is literally sort of like slight platforming, some puzzles and areas, but mainly it's about this quote-unquote combat, which they call confrontations. So you'll come across someone and they'll be like, oh, they're like causing so much darkness in the area and they're in, they're just like, um, I'm so fat. I hate, like, this is literally one person who has like a fear. They're like, I hate my body and all this sort of stuff. Another one will be like, it doesn't get like too deep. No one's like, I want to fucking kill myself or something, you know, you're like, whoa. Let's fucking, well, it's more like, oh, I think all my friends hate me or why doesn't anyone want to talk to me or uh, people don't think I can play this music instrument well. Well, it's like all sort of like this sort of stuff. Um, there's other things. So you'll, you'll talk to them and you'll enter this confrontation, 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 uh, where you then have to sort of use the, the other friends that you've got because once you beat the confrontation you will get them to sort of join you and they'll come on your friendship and they'll they'll start living on the friendship throughout the rest of this this journey um and so you'll you can listen to them and then by listening to them you've got to sort of pick the right conversation choice of three things to say to them although it's very easy to not even listen and just pick the right one because if there's one option that says imagine it says stop being a little bitch you probably don't click that one and if there's another one that says, it's okay, I understand your struggle, it's probably that one that you're supposed to be clicking on. Yeah. So often you don't really need to listen to what they're saying. You can sort of just guess it. Uh, but you click that and then above them, they'll have a, they'll have like a bunch of question marks and then they'll turn over if you say the right thing. You can try and guess them even if you get the conversation wrong, but they'll turn over and it'll reveal like a star or a diamond or like there's all these symbols. And then the friends that you have, which are like monsters you cast in battle, I guess. Um, they have associated symbols to them. So you've got to cast the right ones to match the symbols on the the, the person you're 
quote unquote battling. Uh, and then once you do that, you then do these little short mini games for each of the quote unquote attacks, uh, which range from things as simple as just pressing a couple button inputs uh, in the right as they cross across like the line, you know, like a little mini game thing. Or um, there's another one where it's just like, you, you got to keep the little Billy symbol away from like spinning saws for like 10 seconds. Like there's a whole bunch of real quick, quick like 10 second or less mini games to activate these attacks. And if you do them right, then you'll, you'll cast your two lightnings or whatever. And then once you filled out all their symbols, they, they, the darkness is cleared from them and they'll be like, I'm so sorry. I understand. I see the light now. And they'll come join your, your ship and then you can cast them in continuing battles. So the game obviously starts where you only have one person to, to do and it's very simple once you get to the last sort of third of the game where you have like 50 close to fucking 50 of these these your friends on this boat and you've got so many and the game sort of rotates them from a like a deck of cards it's like chips but it's like a deck i guess or whatever so they're like randomly dealt to you it's like oh there's so much and some of the boss battles i'll have like 20 20 question mark icons and you'll have like seven you'll be drawing like seven friends a turn and each of them you've leveled up and They've got free symbols. It's like, oh, there's so many fucking symbols on the, in, on the screen. The combat system, once again, quotation marks, the combat system, because you're not actually fighting. I like the idea. I just feel like it because, so this took me surprisingly, because I did play this last year for preview and I wrote a preview for it from last year's Steam, Next Fest or whatever. Um, based off that preview, I would never have guessed this, this game would take me 12 hours to beat. It was quite long. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> for what? I expected. I really thought it would not have been that long, but that's how long it ended up being. Um, but the main thing that sort of holds it back is it just drags by the end of it. And you're like, I kind of, I'm over it like more towards the end. I'm like, I'm just sort of the combats. Like we haven't got, there's no new mechanics ever introduced. Like it's just more. It's like the enemies have big, it's the equivalent of going enemy, bigger health bar and not like different mechanic. It's just, all right, well, I'm just still doing the same thing, but it's just taken me a little while longer to get through it. Um, and then some of the exploration and stuff, like it just goes a bit tedious. I feel like if they shortened the game, even around to like that six to eight hour mark, it would have um, been a lot more successful. Also, the ultra go happy stuff does grow a little, like, right, like that gets a little bit annoying. I understand that's the thing for the game. You know, everything's happy. Um, Billy's this happy-go-lucky person and whatever else is like all things are grand in the world rainbows and unicorns save the world but it does get to a degree where you're like this is a little bit too much especially when whenever uh rodrio whatever the the rod's name is gets a new ability throughout the game you have to watch these little cinematics where they literally like sparkly eye at one another and then like using their hands because the rod has a hand um they do like a little heart together like using they like come together and they do like a little heart symbol because they're friendship and all this sort of stuff so um yeah but and then the other thing that sort of also worth pointing out i had a fair few bugs none that like completely fucked me over but several that meant i had to completely close the game out and reopen it to get them to fix so including the last boss battle where i could only see my character and everything else was black and that was fun. Uh, two times where the X wasn't working in battles, so I couldn't select anything. Like, I could click circle to go back. The D-pad would work or whatever, but X just wasn't selecting the creatures to cast. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I had to quit out. That happened twice. And there was something else that happened. I can't remember. But it's in my review. I listed all of them. Um, so those were a couple annoyances. So, yeah. Anyway, I think it's I think it's all right. I think it definitely could have been 
Um, Barrow is a little bit of a tighter experience without the bugs as well, is the other thing. Um, and then the only other review we have up this week is Will James, shout outs to having a nice easy name I can pronounce, um, had a <laughs> had a face review for- I think it's Wild Jamace. Yeah, Wild <laughs> Imagine if I fucked with that. Part. Willy Jamin. <laughs> Willy Jamin. Uh, no, it's very easy. Uh, the Last Friend review he wrote uh, up. So he gave it a seven. Uh, his review ends is the, so this is like a, it's a combination um, tower defense game with, um, the fuck do you call it? Like a brawler? Yeah. It's a brawler slash tower defense, which is a weird combination of things, but there you go. Uh, he said, Last Friend is a solid casual experience featuring a fun, if cheesy story and characters. The blending of brawling and tower defense is quite cohesive and is the main reason to pick up the game with plenty of opportunities for experimentation through the dozens of dogs to be saved. Yes, you can pat all of the dogs. So, 10 out of 10 in my opinion. I only got Damn. the score wrong. I should have just changed it. You can pat all the dogs. Should have. 10 out of 10. Edit a note. Edit a note. We changed the score to a 10. from Because dogs. Because dogs. Yeah. Maybe. Should have just done it. So check out his review. Check out my review for Rainbow Billy. Explosionable.com. You'll find those in the show notes as well, of course. Let's get into this week's news. Start with the ADDAs. Say it too fast, it becomes a blur. Australian Game Developer Awards. So these were on, I can't remember what night, to be honest. They were on earlier in the week. Wednesday. Wednesday, there you go. Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, so, overall, walking away with the Game of the Year award was Unpacking, which is not it's out. It's not out. It's not out yet. I do feel like it's worth pointing out. I don't fully understand. Like I don't understand the rules. I don't fully understand the rules. It's their show. Listen, a movie needs to come out before it's eligible for the Oscars, is all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean... It is. The game needs yeah. to come out before it's eligible for the Game Awards. I believe it's voted for, like, I believe they've played it. Like, it had to be playable for the people, and it's, like, voted on by... I think the judges need to be able to play yeah, it. Yeah, the judges can play it. So they've played it to vote at Game of the Year. And it is out in a couple weeks. So we're not talking about something that's not done. Undated. Yeah, I pre- like, they would have sent them just... A- so, yeah. But I do feel like, because I've had a f- I've seen a few comments. Hey. But still, it's Game's like, <laughs> okay. how are the people supposed to judge for themselves? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but that's Witchbeam, uh, of course, developer. It's funny, this game, uh, if you don't know what Unpacking is, I think I've wrote two previews for the site over the years, one from PAX and then one from- Pretty Next sure Steam you said Next. you played it at the last PAX we attended. Yeah, I did play it at last PAX. I think I wrote something for it then, and then I wrote something last year when it was on the Steam Next Fest. Um, and then I think by the time this is out, I'll have a quick um, another quick article where- Someone from which beam, I can't remember who, sorry. Um, oh fuck, hold on. Art director, Ren Beer. Answer, answered a couple questions. There you go, thank you. So I should have that out as well. Um, but yeah, I'm keen. Obviously, unpacking, if you don't know, is a the marketing as a Zen puzzler, because it is, so they can own it. Um, it is a game in which you literally are taking items out of boxes and then placing them onto shelves. So it's a puzzle game. You have some leeway. You can't put everything on the bed and be like, that's how I want it. Next level, please. You do have to like 
make it make some sort of sense, but you have leeway in sort of where some items go, I guess. Um, and the one thing I think I pointed out last year when I talked about it compared to the year prior or whatever, I guess, at PAX, was that they added sort of a bit more character to it. So now you're playing as the same character for different points of their life and how even unpacking their stuff, you can sort of get a sense for the character. And that was something that really stood out last time I played it. So um, been keen for this game for a couple of years now. So good job unpacking Witch Beam. I think they're Brisbane, maybe. Or no, they're Victorian, maybe. So, I think Victorian. Yeah, damn. I thought I was going to give you one, Ash, but no. Left out there. Um, nope, which being based in Brisbane. There you go. I got it right. Suck it. <laughs> I I, t- I thought I got it right. So there you go. You can claim a suck it. Claim a win there. Um, studio. So running through some of the awards, Studio of the Year went to Black Lab Black Lab Games. Excellent in the arts went to the Artful Escape, Behavior, and Dinosaur. Uh, excellence in gameplay went to Webbed Spug Games. Excellent in narrative went to The Forgotten City, Modern Storyteller. Excellence in audio went to Artful Escape. Excellence in accessibility went to Unpacking. Excellence in mobile games went to Oregon Trial. Um, Game Off Brisbane. Excellence in serious games went to Sharmilla, Chaos Theory Games, and World Food Program. Uh, excellence in ongoing games went to Pico Tanks by Panda Arcade. And excellence in emerging games went to Video World, Things for Human. Um, and also shout out to the show which was absolute insanity, to be completely honest. So, um, you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, how much, you were watching somewhat, because we finished recording a podcast, Ash, and then, yes. yeah, and then we, I had it open, and I think you had it open there for a bit. Um, what did you think of the it was, show? It was, <laughs> it was Twitch shenanigans, you know, pre-recorded bits, that callback saw a lot, you know, Oh, I should have said Amanda and um, Angrad. Angra, is that how you say Angrad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with hosts. So, and they were having a fucking yeah. good time. Very good time. It's, it was okay. one per. I'm sure. I'm sure it would have been more smooth if it was uh, one they could do in person. But you know, well, it was one person in front of a camera, another person green screening in from somewhere else. And then the person controlling the entire show, we found out later, was in a hospital bed because they just had some operation Damn. for something and um, they were running it from their laptop. Listen, Dylan, the show must go on. <laughs> so, that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, but either way, it was quite funny. I did. Why do we even do award shows in person? What yeah. if we can do this from a hospital bed? You know? My favorite part, though, was that I did write up my new story here. There was a riff on Bo Burnham's inside at some point during the Excellence in Audio bit. That was quite funny. So, uh, Yeah, that was well worth it. So there you go. Uh, Australian Game Developer Awards. Talking about Twitch stuff. Twitch. Mm. Twitch fucked us all this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Well, I don't know if Twitch did. Whoever hacked Twitch did. That's true. Um, so a massive... Don't victim blame, Dylan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, uh, Twitch source code, stream earnings, information, and more leaked. Uh, so VG247 writes, Twitch has become the victim of an anonymous hacker who claims to have obtained a wealth of data about the stream platform, including source code, Twitch's mobile, desktop, and console clients, passwords, streamer payout information, and much more. The leak originated on 4chan, where the user responsible for posting it uh, noted their intention in uploading this information was to disrupt the online video streaming space, citing Twitch's toxic community as a motivating factor. 
Um, so after the fact, they they spent some time like doing it, whatever. And then Twitch did come out. VG twenty four seven followed up later and said Twitch has announced that as reset stream keys for all streamers on the platform. The company notified streamers via email and revealed more about the move on its blog. According to Twitch, the resetting of stream keys was done quote out of an abundance of caution. This follows Twitch's statement earlier this week after it kicked off an investigation into a massive data breach. Apparently, a setup error is how hackers were able to access Twitch servers. Twitch said it should all be business as usual for streamers using Twitch Studio, Streamlabs, and those streaming from PlayStation, Xbox, and Twitch's mobile app. This is also true for OBS users, though those who have not connected their Twitch accounts to OBS may need to enter new stream keys manually. Um, and then I reset the password for the EN account and my personal account, so I went ahead and did that. Let's anyway. go. Suckers. <laughs> I was like, you better, better do it. You know, better be ahead of it. Yeah. But so the thing I wanted to talk about, or just get your opinion on, because like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's pretty cut and dry of don't hack companies, that person, those people are terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cut and dry. But the thing I've found most interesting is the whole, the sharing of the top streamer um, payout. So, which is something that when that was going around originally and people were like tweeting about it, I'm like, I'm not going to look that shit up. I don't really care. That's their business. I was going to take a stand. Of course, it gets retweeted onto my timeline anyway, like after the fact. It was just going around everywhere. So I've had like the main image or whatever come across my feed now and I've like seen the top fucking, what, 10 or whatever posted across my feed several times by a couple mm-hmm. people at this point. So couldn't escape it. But I found the conversation sort of interesting because like the number one person was Critical Role or whatever. Um, and there was like a, yeah, a weird thing of people going, yeah. it's fucked how much money they're making, blah, 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 blah. I'm like... They've just started their own fucking charity, people. It's just so. <laughs> I mean, they were always doing cha- a lot of like they were always doing charity work, charity. but yeah, no, no. And then the other person that I found quite interesting, who was already sort of going through this stuff anyway, which was um, Hassan B. Hassan, I guess. Yeah. Um, who, there was always this thing like a couple months ago because he brought a house, and then people were always giving him shit for having money then. But he plays into it, and he's been playing into it since then um, on his Twitter account anyway. Ever since buying that house, where he's like. I wasn't hiding it. <laughs> like, I brought a house. <laughs> good <Good-o. laughs> Like, even now this is leaked, he's like, I make money. I'm still adverti- uh, uh, advocating for the government to tax me more. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's <laughs> people don't really, I just find it quite interesting. But in general, what are your thoughts on just people's interest, I guess, in how much people make and the general reaction to this compared to, say, like, because I just find it weird where, um, like, People are like, oh, these people are getting made too much money. I'm like, Robert Downey Jr. gets paid like, you know, $50 billion to do Endgame. to do one, one movie. And everyone's and like, these he deserves are doing it. He deserves that much money or whatever. Where yeah. these people are doing like kind of, you know, consistent streaming of eight hours a day, fucking at least, like sometimes a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird thing to start them, judging how people yeah. make money. I mean, some of the people on this list, I'm like, I don't think they're good people, but I'm not like... I, don't really, I still don't care really it's how like, much money they make. No, stop giving them yeah, money. I'm like, They've had enough. I'm like, you know, like I'm not the biggest. I, I wouldn't say I'm an XQC fan, but I'm still like, I don't really give a fuck. Like, just because I don't personally like him doesn't mean I'm suddenly like invested in this is bullshit how much money he makes. You know what I mean? I just find it. Yeah. Uh, Karen, what are your thoughts on this whole Twitch thing? Uh, I think this is super interesting for a number of reasons. As a whole, I think it's not good and shouldn't be done and this is bad at the same time it's opened some really interesting conversations i think the 
first thing was is actually most of this information was already available. Um, majority of streamers nowadays have their sub counts put onto their Twitch streams. And it's a kind of well common known that if you just times that number by 2.5, that is the payout that they get from Twitch, generally. Um, and if you kind of go through it and do it, compare it to the numbers that are on the leaks, the math checks out and the math makes sense. Um, I think the one of the most interesting things is it opens up and shows uh, different Twitch contracts for different streamers. Um, Twitch, for its partners, kind of have, depending on the size of your channel and, and kind of what you're doing on Twitch, um, they give you a bigger percentage of the subscription cut compared to others. Um, so this information coming out there actually shows who's got the bigger cut and and it kind of, A, it gives some support to um, the Twitch streamers that are just about to go into contract negotiations with Twitch to, for their up-and-coming partnerships to kind of get a fairer deal for them because it wasn't something really well-known. I think it's promoted more streamers kind of getting out there and talking about how much money they're making. In To put this into perspective for everybody, this um, this money is just subscriptions and the money they're getting from Twitch. This doesn't include any sponsorship deals they're getting. This doesn't include any other ventures that they're taking. Donations. This doesn't include any of that. This is when a lot mm. of the bigger Twitch streamers have come out and said, that stuff is like 30% of what they're making which is obscene when some of them are in like the millions or the you know for a single mm. month are in like six digits and you're like they're like that's 30 percent of what they make um one of the fascinating ones is earlier this year ludwig um who i will admit i watch a lot of his streams throughout his subathon where he streamed for 24 for, hour 20 uh, min, 24 for, day one whatever the fuck it was yeah it was almost yeah it was ridiculous um, straight and even slept on stream and everything. He actually, towards the end of that, he actually did a breakdown of the money that it would, like how much he made, where the money was going, what was taxed, what was um, kind of paying to his moderators and everything. Um, so I think there are Twitch streamers already out there that are very open with how much money they're making. There is a, um, a conversation around the uh, pay difference in female streamers to male streamers at the moment coming from it, uh, because that is fairly obvious and quite or apparent. just the fact um, i've seen people with like lots of funny tweets where like oh yeah all the twitty stream at titty streamers are taking away all the viewers from all the males no it's like fucking no it's like like amaranth is probably the <laughs> largest one of those types of streamers it's one person i don't think yeah i don't think she was i think she was top 25 but i don't think she was anywhere near the top 10 yeah um like it, it, it's um and i guess look hassan sadly um for those who don't know hassan hassan is a very vocal socialist within the american political um scene in terms of he does a lot of uh, representation on like fox news you may be surprised to learn i watch hassan this is a revelation <laughs> makes so much sense yeah. um he does a lot of content um surrounded by that and so a lot of his the kind of i guess a he's taken majority of the brunt of the um force behind this overall um because of his positions that i think a lot of right-wing members of the public not even outside of the twitch stratosphere have used this information to try and you know rally against him and, and rally against socialism and say look 
he's a socialist, shouldn't he be, you know, spreading out this money a lot more? And it's like, that's not socialism. Yeah, we know the big difference is, is that XQC gets on stream and goes, I'm fucking, I fucking did it! And then Hassan gets on stream and goes, socialism, everyone goes, fuck you! Like, XQC just sort of like, Never, because he's just such a XCC gamer dude, what, bro, or whatever. He's what they call a. Uh, he's he's on the juice. He's a juicer. Yeah. Um, um, by the way, if anyone doesn't know, get the he, joke there, that's my my XQC joke. That's literally how he sounds most of the time. Um, that's the, this. Come, what's going on, dudes? We gotta be going here. We gotta go do. This. He does talk very fast. Yeah, um, he's fucking going. But he, yeah, yeah Hassan's he, problem is that because he gets paid by the word. Yeah, maybe. Um, Hassan's problem is Possibly. because he's a one person here who actually like had any sort of political leaning, then he's the automatic target. Everyone else here is just, like, sort of agnostic. The only other person... It's kind of vanilla. Yeah. yeah. The only other person who I saw had any flack was also in top 10 was Saikuno, who, um, as a streamer, part of his, maybe, his stream character is just, like, almost a very poor presenting person that lives off frozen meals and is always like, oh, I don't want to spend that money because I'm... Um, I've got to save money for my water bill and stuff, and... I guess people backlash against that, even though it's just part of content. Um, so I think this or is, whatever. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 been like really interesting on multiple points. There's been a lot of good jokes coming out of it, like um, different streamers not wanting to talk to people that are below them in the ranks, and why is number twenty three trying to talk to number six, um, and stuff like that, which I, I find very amusing. I don't think for a lot of streamers it actually matters. They're quite open and quite honest to, to have their numbers out there. Um, I think the the crazy part is, yes, these numbers are big and people are looking at them and looking at the Twitch streamers. The amount of stuff that got leaked for Twitch is fucking insane. Their source code for their website got leaked. The source code for anything they own, considering, um, including like CurseForge and uh, another app I can't remember. My head got leaked as well. And this is apparently only part one of the leaks. Um, you know, this is this comes from the cesspit of the internet known as 4chan. I, I think this kind of stuff is not cool, not great. I get it if people want to publicize and be not happy with Twitch over different things they've done recently with, you know, not standing up for streamers, getting hate bot abused or not kind of coming to the party and, and opening discussions or putting in place a proper um format to protect its content creators from dmca strikes um i get it if people are angry about that but there is better ways to do it than this um it doesn't only affect twitch it doesn't only affect the streamers these streamers have people working for them this affects the streamers families it it affects quite a large format of it that goes just below just quite beyond just the you know yes it's easy to see these streamers as people who are earning so much money but at the same time, they are most of them are putting in really a lot of effort, a lot of their time into making it big. And um, but they're also, you know, they're paying editors to edit their YouTube videos. Some of them who are higher up are paying their moderators to mod their channels and mod their discords. And um, the other thing I think this makes fucking really clear is you have to be really lucky to be big on Twitch. You know, when you look at the the money in that report and what is the piece of pie, like the big piece of pie that is the money from Twitch and just how few Twitch streamers share that piece of pie, um, it, it really does express that you either have to get really lucky or work really, really fucking hard to get any sort of success to becoming a Twitch streamer. 
or a million dollar, <laughs> at least a millionaire via Twitch streamer. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people in yeah, there. You've got to be famous for. <laughs> I'm sure there's people in like the the top 200 who, are, you know, I'm sure there's people below what have leaked to are still making enough money that one person could. Like, there's still, and off. like, look, there's, I was reading an article earlier about, you know, one of Overwatch League's biggest um, kind of professional players and most well known things is making $600,000 off Twitch. So it's kind of like, so why are you still doing Overwatch League when, you know, the the base limit for their contracts is 50 grand? Um, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things where you see these numbers and it adds, it adds a lot of questions to what exactly is the, the, the money, like, kind of circumstances around a lot of esports and the video game scene in general. Ash, do you have any thoughts? No, I think obviously Kieran covered a lot of that. I think obviously the other interesting thing is you look at the other end of that where it's sure all these people got their payout, but then Twitch is getting the other, what, 50%, something like that? Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking. Like, um, You're thinking, the they're making a lot of money off this. Yeah, look at all the money that these people are getting and then just think about how much Twitch is getting. Like, yeah. And then you also, like, this stuff doesn't cover stuff like, you know, Shroud and Ninja, the amount of money they got paid for doing 10 months on Nixer. Yeah, I and saw someone Nixer tweet died. something like, oh, isn't it shocking how Ninja's not on these lists? I'm like, did we forget he like, was literally on Mixer for, like, a year and he got paid, like, however many million dollars got, just to go there, paid, let alone how much he was making he after he was there? got paid out to not stay there. Yeah. <laughs> so he got paid, like, because for people that don't know, the the... Um, Ninja and Shroud when they went to Mixer when Mixer crumbled their contracts were still entitled to be paid out full not just for the period of time that they worked it was like a two or three year contract each for like it's like 10 million dollars or something it's it's yeah it's ridiculous what they got out of that deal for 10 months work Um, so yeah I think there's (laughs) very good for them it's like it's one of those things you're like damn I wish you know wish you'd done that I'm guessing a lot of streamers wish they'd done the same of, hey, 10 months on a different platform where you're not getting as many viewers and then you get paid all, all your money and then you get to go back to one of the strap platforms. It's um, it's kind of insane. And, and I think, you know, we will see an interesting time period now for Twitch where um, I think Twitch is kind of complacent in the recent year or so since Mixer um, crumbled where they haven't really had any competition. Um, recently, Tim the Tapman has crossed over to YouTube um, and become a YouTube. There's motherfuckers on creator. Facebook gaming still, isn't there? Isn't that a thing? Or did that close? Yeah, the Facebook gaming. Yeah. Facebook gaming is probably not as big, but I guess. Um, does TikTok have gaming creators yet? No, TikTok does not have gaming creators as far as wait I know. For it. That's too long for me. Wait, um, wait for it. It's like, no, just 30 second play sections. There's live yeah. TikTok it, videos. It, it, oh. It pops up. It'll Why go, not? this person's live. Do you not have TikTok? No, I don't. No. Surprise. I somehow Too see all the TikToks on YouTube. That's what I thought. I only got it this but... year. so <laughs> I kept watching but, all um, the fucking videos that people would share on Twitter. I'm like, why don't I just make a fucking account? <laughs> Watch this so, stupid So hopefully this... It's filtered. That's why. It's filtered to, through to Twitter. Hopefully, um, you know, this leads to some change in the uh, Twitch system. Maybe. I'm doubtful. But Maybe. <laughs> I'm also doubtful. Yeah. I mean, you know, what else do they really need to do? Obviously, there's like the, I mean, they're one of two, effectively, and like everybody comes to either Twitch or YouTube. So I mean, it's hard to for another player to enter that 
that area as mix approved. So, yep. All right, let's move on. Twitch is. We'll see how that goes. Press start right. Also, go to twitch.tv slash Explosion Network. If you've got Amazon Prime, you've got a free Twitch subscription, which you can give to us. We stream sometimes. Thank you. We stream sometimes. Um, oh, since you said that, shout outs. We, we, uh, thanks to everyone who supported us on Kofi for this year. We did, Mark, we now crossed our, uh, uh, yearly goal. Am I getting a new TV? No, you're not getting a fucking new TV. It, it, it wasn't <laughs> that. It was not, we weren't aiming that high. No. No. We, we talked about last week, all the money that we. No. It wasn't yeah. within that. It wasn't within that. It was, okay. it was only for that time. That's a shame. You know, yeah. We did cross our goal for keeping the lights on for another year. So, of course, we always like to, to hit the money. So, um, keeping the website isn't coming out of any of our pockets. That's sort of the, the minimum. So, that's always good. So, thank you for everyone supporting us and Kofi. Again, maybe I'll make an interim, interim, interim goal before next year's one. Cause for a TV for actually For helping. a TV for actually helping, maybe. I don't know. But uh, thank you, everyone, for supporting. And, of course, you can feel free to... Just always support us on Kofi. Explosionnetwork.com slash support. Um, Press Start writes, Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition has been officially announced and is releasing this year. Shannon writes, it's been rumored for months and months, but Rockstar has finally announced that Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, will be releasing on PS5, PS4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, and PC later this year. Don't have a release date yet, but Rockstar said they'll share more information soon. A mobile version of these games will also release in 2022. The collection will include Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, with all three games featuring across-the-board upgrades, including graphical improvements and gameplay enhancements for all three titles, whilst maintaining the look and feel of the originals. Um, Rockstar has... This is another interesting tidbit. Rockstar has also confirmed that the original trilogy collection will begin to be removed from storefronts starting next week to make way for the definitive editions of each game. It's expected that this collection will release physically and digitally. So I read that as the PS2 ones that you can buy in PlayStation Store currently. They're getting the fuck out of there. And whatever they're going to be gone. Also, shout out to the fact that yeah. play those on PC. You have to <laughs> install their fucking launcher, uh, which I completely forgot was a thing, uh, but I did make an account for when they brought it out last year or whenever. Um... Who's excited for this? Anyone? Kind of. I'm interested to see how they change these games because they've got to censor some shit in those games because there is some stuff, especially in Grand Theft Auto 3, that probably isn't going to fly. Hasn't aged well. Hasn't aged very well. I reckon they will. 2021. I don't think they will. Um, You don't think they will? No. Damn, that'll be pretty ballsy. I'm excited overall, though. I think um, Vice City and San Andreas especially are, you know, two... Fantastic games. I think one of my, you know, the mind-blowing moments in, in San Andreas was always the the after you kind of finished the first island and you got sent to the, the countryside. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, we've never really had this kind of environment in a Grand Theft Auto game before. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's going to be good. I just, I'm interested to see how much effort is actually put into these um, to actually make them the definitive edition. Ash? Um, I'm indifferent, you know. I'm sure people are going to like it, but, you know, I I love San Andreas back in the day, but uh, I expect it's just going to be like a remaster, like a, you know, they're going to stick the PS3 uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 visuals on top of it, and then they'll be it. 
Maybe you'll get the PS4, but level of graphics. I'm of the mind of the graphics is the thing I care least about. So if it is, look, like if, because the one I would like to play the most is Vice City. Vice City is like still one of those games from my childhood, teen years, whatever you want to call it. Like that is still one of my favorite games I have memories of playing. Um, that is my favorite the game I always say is my favorite GTA game because it's literally just fucking Scarface, but like in GTA and whatever. It is, um, 100%. But the reason I never got super hyped about replaying it when they added it to the store and everything, because I'm like, ah, oh, man, that game's going to feel clunky as fuck. Do I really want to play it? So the thing that intrigues me the most is the gameplay enhancements part of the announcement. So if they come out and uh, with, when we get the official trailer, that'll, you know, I presume showcase the changes... And if they show how much better or how much work they've put into making them feel better, if they've changed the, you know, if they've updated the shooting and the lock-on mechanics, they've updated the driving, especially in 3, because the driving in 3 fucking sucks ass. It is so stiff. Um, uh, and if you, it's like, go back and update the driving for fucking 4 while you're at it. Um, th- like, these are the things that interest me the most. If they're like, oh, the, gra- the graphics are, you know, like we've, like, polished up the pixels i'm like okay cool i don't really care so much like they look like old games because they're old if they play better and make them playable without feeling like you're literally playing something from 20 years ago that's the part i'm most intrigued at so i'm definitely keen to to see what what it's about because i wouldn't mind even if i never finished them all like i wonder if if they could be playable i wouldn't mind spending an afternoon you know jumping around those games and just being like Oh yeah, well yeah, well, yeah. I forgot. You know, could be a, a trip through time. Kotaku writes: Ubisoft announces Ghost Recon Battle Royale in the year of our Lord 2021. Love that headline. Uh, did we think we were finally over battle royales? Who wrote this, Ethan? Uh, nope. Sorry, <laughs> not if Ubisoft has anything to say about it. Today, the French publisher announced that yet another one. This time in the Ghost Recon universe. It's called Ghost Recon Frontlines, an early production at Ubisoft Budapest. And a handful of other studios, Ghost Recon Frontlines, looks like it has some neat ideas and also like it should have come out three years ago. The free-to-play game will feature multiple modes, but the main one will be called Expedition. In it, over 100 players will complete in teams of three for intel that is scattered across a sprawling map full of different landmarks and biomes. Sound familiar? Once teams get the information they need, they'll need to call for an extraction, which will alert opponents, resulting in shootouts. Players also get to choose from one free class. It's Assault, Support, and Scout, each with different strengths, weaknesses, and abilities. Class swapping on a fly will also be a thing. While there's no release date yet, Frontline will have its closed test uh, from October 14th to 21 for PC players in Europe. Um, how do we feel about Ghost Recon being the latest Battle Royale? Kieran, you love this shit, don't you? I feel like this should have come out when they were doing Ghost, Land- Ghost Recon Wildlands and stuff like that. Like, uh... This is, yeah, this is, I don't know, somehow with the Ghost Recon franchise as of late, Ubisoft just always feel like they're behind. They're just behind the apple. They're just so, like, they're lagging behind. They're almost waiting too reactively and waiting to see what's happening in the scene. And then when, like, the kind of uh, section is at its peak, they're kind of deciding to start the game then. And then by the time it comes out, it's like, well... A bit past when this should have been released. So, um, look, hopefully it's good, but I don't think it's going to do much in terms of success for Ubisoft or for the Ghost Recon franchise. No, it definitely sounds like it'll find a niche audience. 
much in the way I assume Hyperscape has, because that's still going ongoing, right? I don't know. That hasn't been shut no. down. I don't know. Um, you know, but yeah, man, the Ghost Recon franchise is like the at the bottom of the <laughs> the pile over there at Ubisoft. I think. Right next to Splinter Cell. I mean, Splinter Cell's lower because at least <laughs> they make Ghost Recon games. True. Um, all right, let's take a break of movie news and talk about mo- um, game news and talks about movie game news. That's what I was trying to yeah. say. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about some screenshots for this and the poster and whatever else like a couple weeks back, but we now have the official trailer for Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I've got to say, of the deep voice, Ooh. like it's actually the Resident Welcome Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, so this is coming out, uh, this, I think it's December here. November 24th. Oh, there you go. Fucking. Oh, it says there. Um, there you go. So it's coming out this year. It's crazy. It's funny how sometimes these trailers drop and they get, it's coming out this year somehow amongst everything else. COVID. There you go. Uh, I didn't like the images when we talked about them. I was very much like, these are very boring. I'm very iffy on this trailer. I think there are times where I'm like, that has potential. Like, that seems, like, some of the monster zones in particular, like, sometimes I'll see, like, a monster, and there's a lot of, like, monsters and zombies in this. Like, there seems, like, too many, to be honest. Like, there's so many different creatures and stuff. <laughs> but, like, there's some stuff where I'm like, that looks pretty cool. And then other stuff, I'm like, oh, that looks really rough. That looks like 2005 Resident Evil movie rough we got going over here. The acting at times seems very stiff. The acting at other times seems, like, sort of fun. Sometimes it seems like this movie's sort of having tongue-in-cheek fun with itself. Other times it's trying to be like super like, and it is R-rated in Australia. Other times it's like, we're a fucking horror movie. Like, fucking let's go, you know? Like, I just, I'm very like tonally confused also. And it also seems to be fitting like the plot of 16 million different Resident Evil games into an origin for the Resident Evil new franchise. So that's the part that confuses me. So if we're doing what do you want to watch, I'll give it one up, one down in our trailer rating <laughs> scheme. Uh, Kieran, how do you feel about the trailer for Welcome to Raccoon City? I feel like, yeah, it, tonally, it's all over the place. Um, I'm open to it. It's interesting how much they're trying to cram into a movie, though, considering this is technically kind of the not just the plot from Resident Evil 1, but it's also got um, the plot or the kind of some parts of Resident Evil 2 in it. So I'm interested to see how the script's been put together for this and what changes they make to the Resident Evil lore. Um, and hopefully it is somewhat somewhat watchable i'm not expecting a masterpiece but i just hope it's it's something of worth of because you know resident was got some pretty cool lore and is actually a pretty cool story overall ash uh yeah it looks like you know a horror-esque kind of movie uh definitely a departure from like the Mili Jovovich films so i mean it's got that going for it uh but yeah it looks like a pretty stock standard kind of horror movie zombie movie uh with characters named after characters people get name recognition from but yeah what are you what are you giving yeah. it uh i feel like i've seen neil mcdonough in this kind of role before yeah, he's, like, he's, he's done it a lot, dude. So. yeah what are you rating it a one up one down what do you rate this Karen? i've heard the international trailer is better though yeah i've watched that yeah i'd also go with one up one down I actually haven't watched the international one, but I did see that tweet going around as well, so maybe I'll do that after. PC Gamer writes, Brandy Pitchford is leaving Gearbox Games to focus on Gearbox movies. <gasps> is still oh, ahead of Gearbox it. overall. 
Dylan, why, you why you would fuck, fuck me on them? This is beyond me. <laughs> Both racing to tell the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why PC Gamer would fuck you like that? I don't know. Uh, Gearbox President CEO Randall Pritchard is stepping down back from, from games to focus on the company's broad efforts to break into film and TV as president of the publisher's new Gearbox Studio subsidiary. Announcing the co- co- corporate reshuffle on Twitter, Pritchard explained that veteran chief technology officer Steve Jones will take on his role as president of Gearbox Software. Pitchford ultimately remains a CEO and president of Gearbox as a whole, and they say he'll continue wearing creative hat, but that he's moving to develop and grow a new film-focused side of the company. That news won't shock anyone who watched Gearbox's <laughs> E3 show this year, which, while lights on games, featured plenty of Pitchford awkwardly chasing famous actors across the set of the Borderlands movie and failing to score a high-five off Kevin Hart. That said, remember that fucking shout outs. Uh, that said, Pitchford does appear to be only the to appear to only be running studios temporarily. His statement notes that he hopes to get the Transmedia Unite unit to a place where it's largely self sufficient. At a point, he'll get a new president. Um, we don't currently know what plans Gearbox Studios has for screen and stream beyond the Borderlands movie, which currently has no release date. But should that film be a success, what else should we have adaptations from Gearbox? Um, this article points out Brother in Arms miniseries, Battleborn Revived as a Saturday morning cartoon, Duke Nukem Cinematic Universe. Do you really feel like Gearbox? I mean, that's <laughs> those are like the only properties, right? I was about to say, how many properties does Gearbox <laughs> have to which point that Randy Pitchford needs to step into like an overseer role of that part of the, the so, look? Yeah, Brothers somebody, in Arms, yeah. Um, Duke Nukem, which I get, do they technically own the IP? I don't know. Yeah, they brought know. it, right? They made the last. I think they brought it. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, and then, you know, Borderlands. Yep. But then they've obviously made Alien games that own the IP. Okay. Homeworld. I can't imagine you'd get too much of a plot driven story from that. No. You know, and, but, you know, the biggest plot potential, biggest potential IP, uh, Battleborn. That's what the people want to see. You know, it didn't work uh, as a game, but you could potentially work mm, as like a a, a mini series or uh, a, a uh, fantasy uh, world uh, show. Good, Big good blockbuster one. movie. Great one. The original. You trying to remember? Like, you're like, trying to remember actually, what genre that I watch is? Aren't you? The original hero shooter. Karen, do you have any thoughts? That's, uh. I think this is somebody's grand Saturday morning cartoon scheme of getting Randy Pitchford out of Gearbox for a while. (laughs) Why would you get Randy Pitchford to oversee this when you get someone who actually has experience in the film and TV industry? No, but they're getting... The thing is, right, the thing that we don't know and probably the thing that Gearbox is kicking themselves for because PC Gamer has reported it, it's all fake. There's no real studio. It's just, you know... It's just a movie. They've they've just they've just made it so that you know put the the old man out to pasture. I love to imagine um, that Randy Pitchford is just like trying to do magic tricks so much to people in the office that everyone has a boardroom secret boardroom meeting. It's like what the fuck can we do about this guy? <laughs> I'm sick of drawing. So I'm to- sick of drawing a card. I'm so over it. Yeah. He gets sent to one room and he's got a phone where he's calling just random people. <laughs> But they're all actors hired by the company. It's, it's so literally, it's like that scene out of Elf where he's like, you want to go to the mail room? It's the most important place in the company. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> now it's like, now it's like, now Randy, 
we have all of these Hollywood stars mobile numbers, but damn it, when we got them, somebody has smudged the last digit on each one. So you're going to have to work out and try every digit you can to, to find and try and call them to get them onto a movie for us. Do you reckon you can do that for us, Randy? Um, and then, you know, we all know what he's going to say when he finds out that this has all been a ruse to get rid of him. Oh, this was very clever. Uh, <laughs> 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 <sighs> all right. Nintendo time. Swing it back around. Again? It's again, I gave him a break. Uh, it's a big Nintendo week. I had to break it all up so it wasn't Nintendo turning into fucking House Mario over Um Super Smash Bros. got their final character announced. Early Wednesday morning, Nintendo Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Director, Mish- I don't even know, Mashiro Sakurai? I know how to say Sakurai, but Mish- I've never said Sakurai. Just say Sakurai. Sakurai. Uh, revealed the final character they'll be entering the fight. It's fucking Sora from Kingdom Hearts, everyone. Um, so I stayed up to what? watch this. Um, pretty fucking hype. It was one of those ones where, so obviously, I don't really care about Smash Bros. It's not a game I play. Um, you, you, sometimes you watch these reveals and you, you know, you're like, oh, that was cool. You know, like... Um, when Banjo and Kazooie showed up, I was like, oh, that was cool. You know, like there's been some cool moments. Um, Cloud, when, when, uh, Sephiroth. Luigi gets murdered so yeah. they can introduce the characters from Crossbane. Yeah. There's been some cool moments. Uh, no, Luigi got murdered by Sephiroth, didn't he? Straight through with the fucking full ass. Oh, no, that was Mario that got murdered by Sephiroth. <laughs> it's on the That's end of right. the blade and everything. It was fucked up. Um, yeah, and then the Grim Reaper killed Luigi. That's right. I, I, I the, Smash, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate trailers have been a, um, an interesting period in video game history for the last couple of years. And it's finally come to an end. So I was glad I stayed up to see this this one happen because although I'm not going to be like buying the game to play a Sora, it was a pretty hype trailer. Um, when Simple Clean clicked in, um, kicked in the song, everything, as soon as they had the slow motion shot of the, the Mickey Mouse, um, symbol on the end of the, the keyblade, I was like, holy shit. Um, you know, obviously as someone who's a Kingdom Hearts fan, um, I was like, this is fucking hype as, I was totally into this. I wasn't like hyped as in, I want to play this, but hyped as in, I appreciate this. And for the people who are Smash Bros and Kingdom Hearts fans, whew, I imagine that would have been, it Definitely would have been 100% yeah, fully happy. They seem to be very happy. Would have been very happy. Uh, and then there was a lot. The other thing that was great about this, awesome trailer, great reveal. I watched the full thing through to the end just because I was like, fuck, I might as well see in case anything like M1 last. There was nothing. But just in case, you know. Um, but also just shout out to all the great Sakurai moments that were was during this final presentation. He's awkward. Give Sakurai <laughs> his own TV show <laughs> or something. You know, Disney. Disney Plus, you know, get him doing, just to explain, dude, let him no. do explainer videos on video game history. Yeah? <laughs> guys, guys, But Disney, he has to do it in front of a crowd. Disney were okay with this, but they were not that okay with this. The fact that, yes, the Mickey Mouse. That's the only, Disney, it, the only were, Disney thing that's in. It's the only Disney reference in it. There is like, even like, um, there's the image of Sora and then there's like the circles behind him of different characters in the original like image, there is Donald and Goofy. They've been replaced by a little raft and a palpu fruit. There's also a part <laughs> in the trailer. I can't remember who the exact character is, but there's also a part in the cinematic trailer where the dog. I can't remember the fucking character's name. The duck hunt. Duck dog. hunt dog, and then like um, and the bird, the bird like well. run up to Sora, and Sora looks at him like, "Are you Donald and Goofy?" Like it's so purposely. <laughs> you can tell it's done as a, a that's Nintendo having a laugh, but that's yeah, pretty pretty funny honestly i I don't i i feel like obviously having the disney stuff would have like really made this next level if sora could do like an ultimate finisher 
and Donald and Goofy jumped out or something like that. But I still think it's very cool that to even get Sora in here as is yep. is still very cool. Um, looks really good. Um, as someone who doesn't really care too much, I know you know I've seen some varying opinions about if he'll actually make a a good tournament fighter and all this sort of shit. I don't really care about that, obviously, but I'd say based on when Sakurai is explaining how Sora plays and just watching the gameplay, looks and looks to feel exactly like how Sora plays and feels in the games. He explains how Sora is so light. They give an example at one point where he's like he's lighter than Isabel in the game or some shit like that. Like, like the character. Yeah, I saw the yeah. <laughs> Isabel weighs so much because of all of her sins. <laughs> yeah, all of her sins. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a part in the thing where it's like Isabel's on like on a lift and Sora, yeah, like Sora weighs nothing. It's going to be a... Re- it's gonna be a real pain in the ass when Sora magics a roller coaster out of nowhere and starts riding yeah. it around the freaking arena. My God, that'll wish be. Wish nice. we wish that was actually in the game too much, but uh, but yeah, those very. So that's the final fighter. It's look as again, none of play, played the games. So it's not something we're gonna babble on about. But I will, I will say, justice for fucking Waluigi. Uh, so, yes, the yeah, fact that it's fine. The fact that Waluigi isn't in that game is kind of insane. Wow. Listen, if, if any if any other character from Mario was going to be in it, it should be in Toad. That's fair. But also, you know, Waluigi, you know his penis size, but you it's, don't know you don't know, it's, you know how it, he fights. The meme is just too much. I did enjoy seeing all the disappointed people, but Waluigi wasn't the final <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, the little tidbit I'll say for this as we wrap up, which I did find interesting, which is apparently they did a poll in like 2014 or whatever it was. Yes, I remember the poll. Yeah, so when the 3DS Smash was out, um, they put out a poll Nintendo did. And these are the things where you're like, do these things even matter? Apparently they do. Um, you know, like fill out who you would like to see as a Smash Bros character in t- 2014. The number one result from that poll was Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, they well, Sakurai explains in the video that they they never released and won't release the full results of the poll because they never wanted to put pressure on other companies, you know. Because imagine if they released it. Like, Sora's number one. So then everyone for years would have been, like, adding Square Enix, adding Disney, adding, you know, like, being like, make it happen, mm. make it happen. So I understand why they didn't do it. It's actually, like, the right decision for Nintendo as a, a company so they don't look like they're sort of, like, almost opening Dude. up to internet <laughs> bullying for other companies. But obviously, the, the hit, yeah. that was the number one pick. And then to to then have Sora, the, the the fighter that everyone wanted the most from that poll, finally, after years, I'm sure, of back and forth boardroom meetings and whatever else, like, this didn't happen overnight. I'm sure this has been years in the work, probably, um, to finally have it happen and be the last fighter. I think that's sort of fitting, you know? Like, they we got you the number one fighter that you all last four years ago. So, it wasn't, like, random. Why Sora? Why was Sora the person? There is a reason. So, um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, not open world structured, more like Monster Hunter. So, Vooks writes, while we've found more details about Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and, and Shining Pearl, uh, details about Pokemon Legends Arceus have been a little more scarce. It makes sense. It's further away after all. But now in response to some reports that Pokemon Legends Arceus might not be open world and some dissection of map to indicate it might not be, the Pokemon com- company has sent Kotaku a statement about just how the game will be structured. Uh, the quote says, it's going to be more Monster Hunter than, say, Breath of the Wild. And Pokemon Legends Arceus 
Jubilee Village will serve as the base for surveying missions. After receiving an assignment on request and preparing for the next excursion, players will set out from the village to study one of the various open areas of the Hisui region. After they finish the survey survey works, players will need to return once more to prepare for their next task. We look forward to sharing more information soon. I have nothing much to say on this, apart from that is literally how I took it based upon the trailer, and I think I even said that on here when I was talking about it last because they have in that last trailer and this maybe this is because I recently played Monster Hunter um what's the fucking one that Rise yeah yes yeah, so I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise right where watching them explain this game so Rise you you select the mission you go to an area and these areas are pretty big but they are like smaller you know they are sections it's not open world there's the hub town then you go out to an area but at the start of each of those areas there's like a vendor where you can buy some stuff stock up there's a tent where you can rest and all this sort of stuff and in the last trailer for this they're explaining you go here here's a person you can buy pokeballs from here's like a tent where you can rest i remember watching that going like it looks exactly like monster hunter right like it just is this not just monster hunter and then the way that I was explaining, like, you'll have tasks and go back. I was like, I swear this feels more Monster Hunter. Now they've confirmed it. That's fine. I have no problem with this because this, <laughs> this is literally how I thought the trailer came across anyway. So I I, I know people are going to get shitty and be like, eh, I thought it was our Breath of the Wild or whatever. Like, it's fine. What well, If it's a good game, it's a good game. Why? I don't know why. Like, you're still going to have these open areas to explore. And each of these open biomes could be fairly big, but doesn't it won't technically be this massive open world. So fucking rip. There you go. Anyone have thoughts on that? I just wanted to put my two cents out there. I, I guess it's um it's probably a good thing that they have by spelling and Anna being quite obvious with it, they have reined in expectations from it because saying you're going from Breath of the Wild to a more Monster Hunter style game definitely closes the scope of what to expect from the game itself Mm. um you um yeah is it gonna help with that though people are gonna get angry anyway because it's pokemon yeah i just feel like it's still reined it in slightly for like say the people like me that aren't gonna go nuts for pokemon that would be expecting a breath of the wild game the fact that it sounds better is i've a much better understanding of what that game is now, and, and it's not going to be quite as ambitious as I was originally hoping it was or thought it was going to be. Is anyone else playing this other than me when it comes out? Uh, most likely. Probably. I was intrigued who would say yes, <laughs> because it's like it's a different Pokemon experience, so sometimes that, like... It's like... I wanted to play Sword and Shield, but I just never got really got around to it. Like, I still look at Sword and Shield every now and then go, oh, I could probably grab that and play that, but... I couldn't. Um, yeah, no, I think this is different enough to to really to have give extra mean reason to to jump in and try it. Yeah, we got long January. All right, let's talk about what we've been playing. So, firstly, um, I got to attend uh, early Battlefield twenty forty two preview event early in the week. Um, uh, thanks to EA Australia. So the beta is now out. You can, well, it's over now, I think, by the time you listen to this on Monday. But they, they did have, I think they started it on, what, Thursday, Friday or whatever, if you pre-ordered. And then uh, from Saturday, Sunday, I think, was open beta or whatever. Um, I got to play it on Monday with, um, it was like press and content creators or whatever. 
on PC. So I was using an old mouse and keyboard. <laughs> oh, going hard over here. Um, but I had a good time. So I've been keen for Battlefield 2042 since I announced it because I were, you know, used to love the Battlefield games and they announced a new one. It looked pretty fucking sick. So playing it, I got nearly everything I sort of wanted to get out of playing <laughs> the new Battlefield, I guess, to a degree. So we was playing Conquest on um, this one map. Um, which I, can't, I don't have a name in front of me, but I'll look it up after this. Um, they're playing Conquest on the one map. It's very big, 120 players. So you'll have 120 on PC. You'll have 120 players on the newer consoles. PS4 and Xbox only have um, 60 players each. But it's cool. It's like very big, very wide open. Plenty of areas for like different sorts of players and tanks and all the typical Battlefield shenanigans and whatever. But the thing that stood out to me the most, or the, the key things that are sort of changes for the franchise that stood out the most is, and they are game changers. So if, if you haven't been keeping up, you can now change your gun's scope. You can now change your gun's um, ex- like grip and barrel and all that sort of stuff anytime on the go. So on, on PC, you press T, I think it was, and just opens up this. On console, you hold L1. So it's dedicated to like a button in which they're like, this is a, you need to use this a lot. And the main difference this makes is like if you're playing as assault, you can switch between a close range scope, long range of scope. If you're playing as a sniper and you have that as your main weapon, a sniper, you can then switch out from the six times I want to shoot someone halfway across the map. You can on the go switch it to something that's more mid range. So if you run into someone, you're not suddenly attempting to quick scrape them while zoomed into their fucking eyeball or something like that, you know? Like, it gives you a lot more versatility. You can also put in silences and stuff like that. You can take them on and off. It gives you more range to update how you're playing and adapt to where you're at on the go, which is really cool and really interesting. Um, the other thing that's sort of... I guess some people hate it. I guess I can, un- sort of, I can understand. Like, hardcore Battlefield fans who love... Like, you play a class... You have a job, like you're a medic, you have certain things, perks, abilities, you do your job, you know? I get it to a degree. Not so much a thing in this game. So you can play, they've got characters, they all have names. These are the classes. So you can pick one of those people. Each of them has like a special ability. However, you can then pick and choose what loadout they have. It doesn't really matter. So say you pick like the medic character that was available in the the beta, which I think there's going to be like, double the amount of characters that were available during the beta, but you pick that person and say their special thing you can't change is that they have um, access to a pistol they, they can pull out that shoots as, shoots syringes. So you can shoot your teammates to heal them. Mm-hmm. And it heals it's really fast. From so, hey? It's Anna from Overwatch. Well, I guess. So. Well, I don't know who that is, but let's <laughs> say yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's like their special ability. But... You can still play as, and of course, they they'll be equipped with like the med bag drop and that sort of stuff because they're the medic from classic Battlefield stuff. However, you could pick the sniper class, and then you could still equip that character with the med bag. Um, you could change up their recommended like C four to a fucking grenade. You can you can change all that. The only thing you can't change is the passive or the the key ability. So like the salt class, for instance, it recommends a loadout of like a you know a fucking AK and grenade and something like that whatever but their special ability the assault class or this particular person is they have a grappling gun so 
you can grapple to rooftops, you can grapple, pull yourself forward, grapple. Um, it has like a, a cooldown timer, of course, but that's their thing. But you can still ch- use that assault class with the grapple to get to rooftops faster, but you could equip them with a sniper, you know? So you have the ability to change up and do whatever you want to do amongst all that. Um, that's it it does really change if you're if you're used to playing these sorts of games where you sort of feel stuck in a role it does sort of change things up quite a lot um other than that it's sort of just key battlefield stuff where you know it is insanity at times there's fucking jets flying overhead battling helicopters shoot you out of nowhere there's tanks coming in you know like it is typical battlefield massive map open warfare sort of stuff which is really fun and really good um the key thing in in this particular map was that there's a rocket at one end of the map and that like slowly over time does build up to where it'll launch uh, i found out in the q a event after the fact that you don't actually need to do anything to get the rocket to launch it's funny because i perp- i targeted the seo out of the fuck of this like i put an article and made for this i like how do you launch the rocket and as soon as the open beta went live or whatever it's like i saw that article get a bunch of hits i was like i knew people <laughs> would be googling this um but the the art the rocket you don't have to do anything like it slowly just launches but there is the de- developers playing the qa after that there is a period where it's launching where um players can shoot it and, and actually blow it up or you can wait for it to launch and if you're down below it when it launches like it happened to me once it's like just fucking smoke everywhere and whatever else like it's a cool environmental thing like everyone just stopped to watch it was like the whole thing where it's like it, it almost felt like me and someone else on the opposite team just stopped we were aiming at each other and it was like Oh, right. We should be shooting each other, you know, it's like sort of like shock and awe sort of moment. Um, the only, the one thing I was disappointed I didn't get to see during the whole time I played it. Um, and I played this for three hours straight, right? And I, I, I feel like this number should be higher. So no cyclone came through. So that's the other thing with Battlefield 2042 is, of course, if you've seen any of the trailers, the big marketing ploy is weather conditions. Like if certain maps are going to have certain things so on this one, a cyclone can come through. They've also shown off on the other maps where you can have a sandstorm come through and like whip up fucking tanks and shit and you know, all this, all this sort of stuff. That's like one of the key features for the game and the game's marketing didn't happen to be once in any of my games on three hours In the Q and a event after the, with dice, they explained that on the current build we was playing as the, it was set to like 10% or something like that. Was the, the chance of you having this happen? In my opinion, it should be then raised because if I'm playing it for three hours and it doesn't happen to me once, I think it's too low. I think I should have had it at least happen to me once in that three hours. And I was kind of disappointed I didn't get to see it um, during that time because obviously that was one of the things I was looking forward to most. But um, but otherwise, I mean, it's Battlefield. It looks really good. It looks really pretty. The foil, foli- foliage uh, is very nice. Um to look at um and I, I did play i've since after i played a couple hours with buddy um on playstation as well it still looks good it looks uh it honestly looked about the same um graphically graphic wise i mean it's running at 60 it's running like t- whatever else like it all looks we're at that stage of the new console life cycle where you know it's sort of lining up for pc games before pc games go back to getting like super far in- ahead of it or whatever in a couple years from now but at the moment li- lined up quite well so i was i was impressed um, do you have any care for Battlefield, Karen? Or? Uh, I think it's interesting. It's interesting to see. There's been a lot of discussion that I've I've read so far about this beta, with with there being kind of a decent amount of things people don't like, or things that have changed that maybe the Battlefield hardcore players are kind of quite against. One of the interesting things to note is that apparently this build of the game is a month old already. Yeah, 
Um, so, you know, that a lot can change in a month. I think a lot of the stuff that people are complaining about or might have an issue with, such things as not being able to open up a map. Um, yeah, oh, kind of so the map the didn't open. They did in our Q&A after the fact. They did. Someone asked about that and they said that it, it you will be able to open the map in the full game. It's just a bait. It's just for this. So. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, you can. Crazy. Okay, cool. You can. Yeah, yeah. That was a question that was answered. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of the stuff that people are having problems with can be fixed and can be, you know, can be uh, paid attention to. This game isn't out until November. Um, so it's still got at least another month to launch. Um, so look, there's plenty for them to, to fix and take a look at in the coming times. So, um, you know, hopefully a lot of the things that have been applied to, I know some of the stuff on PC, like it's a little bit unstable still, but that's something to expect from a, um, from a beta of a PC game is especially if it's just not optimized that well yet. Um, he's just, yeah. It's just kind of as is. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this game turns out. I'm interested to see where it goes from. Um, but I still think there's, you know, it's not something to anybody should feel down about or anything in terms of uh, how it comes off. Ash, do you have any Battlefield thoughts? No. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. So, yeah. Do you care about it? Not overly, but I get a feeling we'll end up playing it together. Because Dylan and Buddy will have it, so you'll be like, yeah. oh, I better get it as well. I can tell you, I'm playing this, and I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure unless Buddy's changed his mind when we was playing the beta level nine, he's like, we're at least going to be playing this for, for mm. at launch. So, yeah. Jump on board. <laughs> at least for that first opening. Come on, everybody. You can launch. be part of the our 140-player squad, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's four, four people per squad. I mean, oh, did you okay. feel the? I guess the, one of the questions is for um, playing on PlayStation. Did you ever feel the impact of crossplay or that kind of ever come into play? Oh yeah, I made a joke about. It. I was like, oh yeah, I keep forgetting that crossplay is a thing. And then as soon as we loaded into a game, two, the other two people on our team were playing on PC. So <laughs> or on yeah. our squad, like it was yeah. me, buddy, and then two yes. other people on PC yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so um, it is a thing. So. I, I, you can turn it off, so it doesn't matter. Like, I, I turned it off on college. I remember the only time I've had trouble with crossplay in any game so far is I felt like when I was the last Call of Duty that came out. Every time I had crossplay enabled, it was taking longer to find a game, and if I turned it off, it was like I was getting into one faster. So, um, that Which was, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make no. any sense. So that was obviously a bug there. But otherwise, I, I don't really have bad experiences with crossplay when it's worked properly. So. I mean, if I ever feel like I'm just getting paired with PC people that are just like got an advantage, just fucking turn that shit off. I don't know. Um, all right. You have been playing Far Cry 6. Um, we managed to get a copy of it on launch day. So, um, managed to dive in. I put about 10 hours in, um, since receiving the copy yesterday, um, as of recording. So that was Friday. Um, it, is yeah it's more far cry i think uh <laughs> there, that is definitely that is definitely a game that uh, or a franchise that knows what it is and doesn't ever seem to feel the need to try and push the the envelope too much further um in saying that i think it, it does a very good job of what it does i think this one has a lot more kind of um focus on more creative ways to play with the um 
the more kind of creative weapons, like I've been playing around with a giant harpoon gun or a um, nail gun. Uh, you get given a flamethrower pretty early on. Um, and kind of your arsenal and your, your things you have at your disposal very quickly become decently wide uh, and varied. Um, so far, I think it's kind of, it is a little bit clunky to switch between them and to kind of fix up what you're using and um, how you're playing. Um, but overall, I think the story's pretty good so far um, with, as always, a, a decent amount of seeing um, kind of the, the main villain and building that storyline up. You know, there is your, as always, has become a new staple within the Far Cry series of you having companions of uh, the more animal animal variety, which are called Amigos. Um, I think many people have seen in the trailer both the main two, which I have currently, which is uh, the the crocodile or is uh, Guapo and the Chorizo, the little sausage dog on the wheels. Um, who both perform very different kind of jobs within it, which is as expected. Um, Guapo just outright kills Guapo's people stealth. while yeah. Guapo, mm, Guapo, Guapo mauls people while Chorizo's there to distract heavy attacks for you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's got a bazooka and everything attached to him. So, no, it's um, it is fun. I think ten hours. It's a massive game. I think I can't remember the last time I saw a map like that big on especially even on the far cry game like this map is insanely big um there is a wide variety of vehicles to use from um horses to different kind of hot rods there is even like racing missions in this game um it's full of your far cry wackiness of deciding how you want to play the game either stealthily taking people out and rushing your way around or going into all-out fights um it's it's a lot of fun it's just, yeah, you, you, I would recommend if you don't like Far Cry games, you're probably not going to love this one. Um, as, as it does, you know, more and more of the whole, um, like, you know, the map is filled with things to do and checkpoints to, you know. Got some towers to climb? clearing or? out. Pardon? Got some towers to climb or? Uh, there is a couple of, like, there's, like, mountains you have to, like, grapple up to find stuff or, um. There was one I had to do, which was you had to get to a top of a mountain to intercept a signal, and then you had four minutes to drive across the island to get to uh, a um, resource point before the enemy does. Resource management and collecting resources is a big thing in this, in, in upgrading your guns and getting new weapons. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's very much, you know, stuff. some stuff is um, quite interesting and quite normal for it but then also the same time there was one today that was a treasure hunt but really what it was what it was was somebody had locked a mongoose in their shed and uh you had to kill the mongoose to get the key to a loot box within the house and and the the environmental storytelling through notes and little signs throughout that house were, were quite funny and quite interesting um i think there's there's lots to do and lots to explore you know the core gameplay once again, you know, overall story is each area has a different boss or mini boss that you have to kill to to um, to revolutionize that area and, and become a true gorilla. Um, it, it is, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely it's exactly what it says it is on the tin. It doesn't try to be anything else. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like it's got a lot more character than past ones. Like I think um, Far Cry's tend to have really bland main characters that are kind of your um, jack of all trades. Yeah, I'm playing as a girl. I'm playing as a girl because 
I think that was the the marketed and, and seen as a kind of like the primary character that they made the game around, and I think it makes much sense. Um, I'm really enjoying the performance, and yeah, Danny actually has a lot of character. Um, it is as much her story as it is yours in this one, so that is definitely something nice to see her interact with everything around the rest of the game. Um, yeah, well, I hope you don't get too distracted to side missions and... Um Unlike Witcher 3, you can finish an open world game. Finish it. Yeah. <laughs> I have been definitely been like more focused on doing the main stuff. And, you know, I think it's a little differently for review that I can't clear everything. Um, you can clear but, everything. It's fine. Uh, that, you know, okay. The clear review that will be Review will be in a month or something. But, um, no, it is. Uh, I definitely want to see the story. And the, look, the map is the map's insane. I can't, when I actually like zoomed out on the map, like, when you get out of the the starting island and you zoom out to the rest of it after you finish like the prologue that sets everything up um it's like fucking hell like each some of the areas like some of the smaller areas like the where it's subdivided it's like dude that was a whole map in one of the far cry games like that was the same size as a whole map previously so um i've had it was look, 30 hours if you want a rough 30 hours would make sense so yeah it's um I guess depending on what you're trying to do and how that's not a hundred percenting it, obviously. No, that'd be just like you know storming through. I don't think that's rushing it. I just think that's like general. Just yes, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. I've also I've read what happened at the end of the game. I don't know. know I'm going to say it obviously because spoilers. But there was an article going around about something that happens at the end of the game that I was like, I'm just going to read this because I don't care. I was like, I'll, I'll be interested to hear. If, what your thoughts are when you get there because i was like oh that's an interesting little tidbit should i fry that one out so we can come back to it put that pin on the wall um okay that was the only other quick tidbit i'll say is that um me ash and buddy from radio watson again shout out for the fucking 10 million times this podcast um played a little bit of back for blood the love of night last night yeah uh, last night yeah and then i got tired and went to bed so it's story of my life at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> um, it's it's good. Like I, I think the thing that stood out to me because obviously we mostly just played what we'd already played in the beta. Um, I think we're up to like around where we got up to, or like maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did this section. I think that like the first act we did do. Yeah. I think we skipped ahead or whatever for whatever reason. Yeah. The matchmaking or whatever. Yeah, I think we're like, maybe we're like a level or two off from what we did in the beta, but we've done like the full first opening section or whatever. Um, and it feels a lot better. I don't know if, do you think it, well, you're playing on PC, so I guess it's hard to tell. So we are doing crossplay because we got, we got provided two console code, we got provided two PlayStation codes and Xbox code. So um, that's how we're going. And it has crossplay. So that's how we're playing it via crossplay, and we've had no problems with that. So Ash is playing on his laptop. Uh, me and Buddy are playing on PlayStation. Buddy and Dylan want trophies. Yes, correct. That's, <laughs> that is always going to sort of take precedent. Um, so <laughs> shout out to thanks for the codes. Um, they it feels good. I actually think it feels a lot better now than playing in the beta. Like it feels really smooth shooting wise, and um, it even looks pretty good. Um, even the funniest one of the funniest things last night is i think we're like running around shooting stuff or whatever um and buddy goes i can't remember exactly what he said first but he goes 
this game actually looks pretty good. <laughs> or something like. Yeah. <laughs> he's like. Is it was it, just genuinely surprised. It was, gen- it was like a genuine surprise where you could just tell. He's like, this game actually looks all right. <laughs> or pretty good or something. He said. So I was like, well, it's not like an indie developer or something. Like it's like, it's not meant to be like the best looking game involved because it's, you know, like people who don't know back for blood is basically the, it's new, it's new left for dead. It is from the people who made left for dead. It's the exact same sort of mechanics and there's different variations of creatures and whatever else that feel like they're left for left for dead type creatures and whatever else you pick a character, you do levels, you, the idea is you replay them for higher scores for more gear unlock stuff. You unlock, you basically unlock skins, you unlock weapon skins, you unlock uh, new cards, which is the whole really sometimes confusing system for the game where the game, every time you load into a level, the game randomizes bad cards. So every time you replay a level, it won't feel the same. And the bad cards could be like, Oh, more mini bosses or like these things hurt more or something like that and then you build your own deck of cards that you can then draw from to counteract what the game is trying to do to you so no matter how many times you play the same game it's always going to feel new and fresh well that's the idea we haven't really played enough to see if that actually comes to fruition but that is the the general setup for the game but um yeah from what we've played i'm i'm enjoying it i'm keen to obviously play through it and see how it goes see how we, we finish it out but there was several times we were playing it last night and especially the the one time we fucked up on that the last level of the first section or whatever where you had to like you had to carry two bombs and you and buddy went but then buddy picked up one bomb and carried it down and like planted it and then you just because i stayed on a turret and i was like shooting on these fucking zombies or, or or whatever they're charging or they're called something else in this or whatever and then all i hear is because obviously i can't see what you and buddy are doing all i hear is just buddy go who's got that for bomb and then ash just goes oh i i thought he just needed one <laughs> uh then they died <laughs> um so yeah had to had to replay that one after and then i got overwhelmed by zombies too so um and there is often quite a lot of shit happening in this game (laughs) like especially once you get into smaller areas and there's like these fucking things just exploding these big zombie things that just popping out nowhere yeah they fucking everywhere shit everywhere and the birds still suck i'm pretty sure i complained about that from when we talked about the crows crows yeah they i loved i loved the story the first lot of crows we come across dylan's like don't 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 upset the birds don't 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 upset the crows yeah. bad stuff will happen uh-huh. buddy throws a molotov cocktail <laughs> <at> the birds <laughs> in case people don't know if you upset the birds they draw a horde of zombies to you <laughs> so <laughs> um, but that's where you burn them right yeah they die quickly and they don't make any noise while burning. Also, right? I think no. it was the first time he shot them and then was like, oh, I thought you could kill them. And then the second time he threw a Molotov and then he began complaining that it didn't kill them. And I was like, I don't think you're supposed to be able to kill the birds. Their purpose is to serve as a mechanic. Alarm. Yeah, alarm. alarm yeah. <laughs> I will say hell. one thing I've read um, that not so great, but it definitely is a harder thing for many people picking it up is... Uh, there is stuff locked off in this game if you want to play it single player. Like, there is uh, unlocks you can't get as in, like, cosmetics and different parts of the game you can't actually do if you're playing it by yourself. It doesn't actually let you access it. Yeah, so is, if you um, you can build a single... The game has a, like, here's a single player deck. Here's your solo deck or whatever to build for when you play by yourself. And if you go to... It, the first time, if you click on solo play, it warns you. It says... You're playing solo play, the game will be changed, so it's not as difficult, and it's more customized and made for a person playing by themselves. However, you will not unlock this. You will not earn points to basically unlock 
uh, currency to unlock stuff. You will not do this. You'll not do that. So technically you can play through and experience the story if that's what you care about. However, you cannot, and uh, maybe they did it because they don't want people to have easy way to farm currency without playing with other players or something like that, but you can't earn the stuff that most people care about, which is going to be the, the cards for the, the, the better, the better cards, yeah, the better the supply lines, supply line currency. stuff. Yeah. So the better, yeah, you can't earn that in solo. So you can't earn new costumes. You can't earn new weapon skins. So new icons and banners. It is a weird choice, but I mean, you don't have to have play with friends. It does have quick play. You can leave your lobby open. You that it does have bots. You can play online. And it'll put bots for your team. So when the three of us were playing, we had bot mama. We had a bot mama running around. Mom. And then at some point yeah. was like, oh, didn't even realize someone had jumped in and took over that character. Like someone had just loaded into our game, you know, on the on the fly. Didn't even really realize. Bot mama disappeared. In came whatever the player's name was. I don't remember. But I mean, there were exactly the same amount of help. So yeah, they were about as good as the bot anyway. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> fuck them. Anyway, we're going to be playing some more Back for Blood, so look forward to um, that. So, yeah, upcoming reviews for ExplosionNetwork.com, Back for Blood, <laughs> Far Cry 6. Um, also, something else I'm playing, which I did talk about in Plat, but just my two cents in case anyone um, wants to hear and is interested because, you know, I don't expect it to be a full crossover audience thing. But um, I have been playing a little bit Nickelodeon All-Star Battle. What the fuck is it? It's something like that. Nickelode- the, the fucking Smash Nickelodeon. Yeah, that one. Smash Battler thing. Um, it's Smash, but with Nintendo characters. It's less complicated so, n- not, than Smash. Not with Nintendo characters. Nickelodeon characters. It's Smash with Nickelodeon characters, not Nintendo characters. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Smash has Nintendo characters. Smash character. has Nintendo characters, yeah. Um, so you can play as Cat Dog and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and whatever else. Um, SpongeBob. It is way less complicated than Smash which means it'll be a negative for Smash Pros. But for someone like me who doesn't care about Smash too much and actually finds it too complicated, it's been a plus because I can wrap my head around it and I have been enjoying what I've been playing just in the arcade mode and whatever else. Plus, I like a lot of these Nickelodeon characters, so it's just fun to load into a level and be like, I'm going to play as Cat Dog and get into a fight with fucking Nigel Thornberry. Good times, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a bit of fun. So also add that to the list of things that we're currently all playing that you'll see a review for. Maybe some of this shit next week, hopefully. I don't know. See how we go. All right. That'll do it. This week's episode of RK Couch. Let us know any comments, questions, or concerns you have about the show. Um, if you if you retweet this episode 25 times on... No, yeah, no, 25 times on Twitter, I'll release... The special packs episode next month otherwise guess what it's been a while since we announced it at the start of the episode <laughs> i'm now dropping a rough release date of december <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> but if you read 2025 t- we'll get you'll get uh early access yeah we'll, we'll do a pre-release to everybody there you go 25 the retweets available i'll move it up it's like, those, it's like for Back for Blood, where if you pre-ordered it, you got to play it like five days before the, everyone else. <laughs> or, if, um, if we get to 100, we'll drop it now. Yeah, 100, or drop if, it now. 100, drop it instantly. Or if you just slip Ashley some money for a new TV, he'll like <laughs> give you a backdoor well, accidentally, deal. accidentally, like, oh, <laughs> oh no, the page was there. I accidentally set the date wrong. Do you work for Hisense? <laughs> or Hitachi? <laughs> 
If you want to send Ashley a TV, uh, then we'll hook you up with a, a podcast episode. Apparently, <laughs> it needs to be 4K. I guess you that's can, a disclaimer. You can pick right? the date we release it on if you do that. There you go. There's all details. I hope uh, earlier or later. I know a lot of you had been waiting a long time since we since uh, we initially teased this podcast and we said we would give two you a ago, rough. Yeah. Two hours ago, it was like a, it was ages ago uh, when I said I'd give you a rough release date soon. I'm glad y'all hang on. I appreciate y'all for, for waiting. Thank you so much for that. You can follow us on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. Join our Discord by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Discord. And if you liked this episode and thought it was dull and like to support us, uh, help keep those lights on and put money towards thing that isn't actually Ash's TV. Fuck him. He should buy his own fucking TV. You can head to explosionnetwork.com slash TV support. works fine. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Until next week. Same time. Same couch. Bye. Hey. Don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening and you can drop a review if you can. Find more great shows like this and more content over at ExplosionNetwork.com and please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Ko-fi page by heading to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.